0: Juz 20 من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن I begin in the name of Allah, Compassionate to all, Merciful to each Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the 20th episode in this podcast series titled Journing Our Eyes Through the Qur'an Exploring 30 Juz in 30 Days Today, inshallah, we will continue our journey through the pages of the Qur'an as we take a brief look into the 20th Juz of the Qur'an, which consists of three different Meccan surahs namely the last 37 verses of Surat Al-Naml, which is chapter 27. It also contains all of Surat Al-Qasas, which is 88 verses and can be translated as the stories, and finally the first 45 verses of Surat Al-Ankabut, the spider. Inshallah, in today's episode, we will continue to build on the theme of revelation and exploring our relationship with the Qur'an. In yesterday's episode, we discussed how our relationship with the Qur'an at a communal level needs a lot of work, And we also mentioned the damning prophecy mentioned in Surah Al-Furqan. In today's episode, we will discuss some of the obstacles to building this connection and personal relationship with the Qur'an. We know that the Qur'an is the word of God theoretically and rationally, but what is it that stops us from listening to its words, reflecting on its messages? What stops the messages from permeating our hearts? What is it that stops us or prevents us from appreciating the magnitude of the message of the Qur'an? This blockage, or more accurately, a veil, a barrier, or a hijab, as the word is used in its Quranic usage, is mentioned in the Quran in a few different times. One is in Surah Fussidat, which is in an upcoming juz, but we're going to bring it here in order to open the discussion for today.
1: Wakalu kulubuna fi akinatin min تدعون taduna ilayhi wa fi wa
0: They say, Our hearts are in veils which shut them off from what you invite us to. And there is a deafness in our ears, and there is a curtain between us and you. So act as your faith requires. We too are acting according to our own. In these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that there is a deafness, or a waqrun, and an akinna, or a type of blockage, which is blocking them off from listening to the words of the Qur'an. But what is this referring to? What type of deafness and what type of blockage? Let's now return to our exploration of the current Juz, Juz 20, with a selection from Surah Tsunama to see if we can understand this concept further.
1: ربك يقضي بينهم بحكمه وهو العزيز العليم فتوكل على الله انك على الحق المبين انك لا تسمع الموتى ولا تسمع الصم الدعاء اذا ولوا مدبرين وَمَا أَنْتَ بِهَادِ الْعُمْيِ عن ضَلَالَتِهِمْ إِن إِلَّا مَنْ يُؤْمِنُ بِآيَاتِنَا فَهُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ
0: This Qur'an recounts for the children of Israel most of what they differ about, and it is indeed a guidance and mercy for the faithful. Your Lord will decide between them by His judgment. And he is the Almighty, the All-Knowing. So put your trust in Allah, for you indeed stand on the manifest truth. You cannot make the dead hear, nor can you make the deaf listen to your call when they turn their backs, nor can you lead the blind out of their error. You can make only those hear you who believe in our signs and have submitted. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the psychological state that a person needs to be in in order to accept the truth or to be able to listen to the messages of the Qur'an in order to accept the truth. There is a beautiful metaphor that he uses here to describe someone who is arrogant, someone who does not want to hear or does not want to listen to the message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You cannot make the dead hear, nor can you force someone who is deaf to listen to you calling them because they're incapable of it. It's clear here that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is not trying to chastise someone who is physically dead or who is physically deaf and does not have the gift of hearing. Rather, it is clear that this is talking about someone who intentionally does not want to listen to the messages of God and have closed themselves off from it. They have closed themselves off to the truth by virtue of nothing other than their own arrogance and refusal to accept that they may be wrong in their judgments. As such, with this refusal, they may as well be deaf or dead, because the impact would be the same. They have rendered themselves incapable of learning, incapable of accepting the truth. The latter part of these verses reads that only those who believe in God's signs and who are open-hearted, who have submitted to some degree of the truth, are capable of perceiving the truth. He says you can only make those hear you who believe in our signs, who have submitted to some degree. At first glance, this may seem rather odd, but on second glance, it makes logical sense. This doesn't mean that a person needs to have come to 100% of the truth in order to benefit from the Qur'an, but rather it means that in order to benefit from the Qur'an, at the very least, they need to be open to it. They need to be open to the truth. They need to be open to the fact that they might be wrong. They also need to believe in some level of the existence of the unseen and open to it. That there is a creator in the world that there is a purpose and they're doing their best to figure out what that is even if they haven't gotten there yet the verse also mentions which means that those who have faith in our signs while they are submitting over here when we look at the arabic which reads muslim when we look at the commentaries, Muslim in this verse doesn't necessarily mean someone who follows the Sharia of Prophet Muhammad, but rather it's an ism fa'il or a noun of action, meaning someone who is actively in the state of submitting to what they know of the truth, submitting to what they know of God and seeking Him. In psychology, this concept also comes to play where it is argued that it is only someone with a level of intellectual humility who is capable of growth and changing their minds. The opposite of this is intellectual arrogance, which is where it almost doesn't matter what arguments you present a person with. It doesn't matter what facts you have or how much the truth may be on your side. If someone is not open to listening to the truth, if they are not open to the idea that they may be wrong, it's almost as if there's no point. They're deaf. When we look at the verses in this way and reflect on the depths of their meanings, we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to be wrong? Are we willing to change? Are we open to the idea that there is something of the truth that we do not know yet or that we have not yet understood? It is with this level of intellectual humility and open-heartedness that we will truly be able to grow and soak in the messages of the Quran, allowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shape us and to shape our souls, and to shape our hearts, and to mold us into the types of people that he wants us to be. This idea of intellectual humility and intellectual arrogance, where arrogance serves as a block, is also manifested in many of the stories where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes previous nations and what led to their destruction. In Surat Al-Qasas, also in this juz, the story of Prophet Musa is related in detail and in its chronological order. In this passage, we see the story of a man named Qarun, a man who was actually from the people of Prophet Musa but had rejected the truth. The story is read in verses 76 to 80 of Surah Al-Qasas, which mentions the vast riches that Qarun had. Qarun is also known as Korah. The verse says that he was so rich that people had to carry the keys for the riches that he had. And he wasn't so humble either. He acted arrogantly about the wealth that he had and the riches that were in his control his reaction to his wealth was not one of humbleness or gratefulness but rather it was a reaction where he claimed that he deserved the blessings that he had because of his knowledge the idea of him claiming that he deserved the blessings of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is noted with particular contempt by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's mentioned that even though the rest of his community was suffering in poverty at the hands of fir'aun qarun would flaunt all of his wealth When the people of Bani Israel saw the wealth and the supposed power of Qarun, those who desired the world looked longingly at what he had, and wished that they too had been given a part of the world, thinking that he was fortunate. But those who had a level of knowledge or understanding reminded him not to boast, not to show off, and to remember that God's reward was better for someone who had faith and acted righteously. But due to his arrogance, and in order to teach all of them a lesson, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened a sinkhole into the ground, such that it swallowed him and his home and all of his riches. When the Bani Isra'il woke up to see what had happened, they were astounded, and it was a lesson for them. They realized that their lack of riches was actually a blessing, and that had it not been for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor, they might have ended up like him too. This story is a cautionary tale of what can happen to us when we're arrogant despite being from amongst the people who Prophet Musa came to and a community of believers we see how Qarun ruined his soul and allied himself with Fir'aun and Haman and he's mentioned alongside them in the Quran later on in the same juz in Surah al Kabut in verses 39 to 41 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following
1: وَقَارُونَ وَفِرْعَوْنَ وهمان سَابِ الْبَيِّنَاتِ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا كَانُوا سَابِقِينَ فَكُلًّا أَخَذْنَا بِذَنبِهِ فَمِنْهُم مَّنْ أرسلنا عَلَيْهِ حَاصِبًا وَمِنْهُم مَّنْ أَخَذَتْهُ الصَّيْحَةُ وَمِنْهُم مَّنْ خَسَفْنَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ ومنهم من خسفنا به الارض ومنهم من اغرقنا وما كان الله ليظلمهم ولكن كانوا انفسهم يظلمون مثل الذين اتخذوا من دون الله اولياء And
0: And Korah, Pharaoh, and Haman. Certainly, Moses brought them manifest proofs, but they acted arrogantly in the land, though they could not outmaneuver Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he seized each of them for his sin. Among them were those upon whom we unleashed a rain of stones. And among them were those who were seized by the cry. And among them were those who we caused the earth to swallow. And among them were those whom we drowned. It was not Allah who wronged them, but it was they who used to wrong themselves. The parable of those who take guardians instead of Allah is that of the spider that takes a home. And indeed, the frailest of homes is the home of a spider, had they known. Over here, what's interesting is that the verse, when talking about these three individuals, Qarun, Fir'aun, and Haman, it says, الأرض, that they acted arrogantly in the earth. And we can see very clearly how our arrogance can also sometimes close us off to accepting the truth and listening to the beautiful messages of the Qur'an approaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humbleness. This is what had happened to Qarun. And it's what has also happened to others in the past. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about their behavior. The verses here mention that instead of taking a strong foundation, i.e. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what these individuals took was the weakest of places as a refuge, the frailest of homes, their own devices, their own selves, their own arrogance. And here it's mentioned that when you take something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a home or as a place of refuge or as a foundation, it's like the home of a spider. It's frail, it's fragile, and it breaks. As we reflect on these verses and think about those who were immersed in their own arrogance, it can be a little overwhelming to think that maybe this has happened to us too. And maybe it'll cause us to worry that there are veils over us. And if there are veils over us, then how do we get rid of them? How do we truly benefit from the Qur'an? How do we know if there's veils over our hearts? But it's important to remember here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of providers. In one of my favorite verses of the Qur'an and in the last verse of Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us of one of the definitive principles in which He guarantees guidance for those who are sincere and who genuinely try and strive in His way. Let's end today's episode with this verse from the
1: Quran.
0: As for those who strive in us, we shall surely guide them in our ways, and Allah is indeed with the virtuous.